We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel Gilchrist, joined by Master of Wine, Meg Brotman. And Meg, this week we're talking about something very close to your heart, aren't we? We are chili. Chili. What is the normal perception of chili and wine? Uh, cheap. Yeah, cheap, that's what I cheerful. kind of thought. What, where Australia was in the 1980s. Okay. Um, in the UK. But yeah, cheap, cheerful, but... I am going to open your Blow eyes. that misconception yeah, out because like everywhere else in the world, <laughs> it's changed. Totally. And changing. It's certainly changed since I lived there. Okay. Well, yeah, because you lived there for seven years. Yes. Yeah. So I had my babies there. I gave birth in Spanish. In Spanish. Does it change things a lot? Well, when they're yelling at you and you're kind of in pain and in birth and I remember just turning to – and oh. you've got your lovely obstetrician – Yep. sort of a distance away. I remember turning to Pete and saying, can you just explain to me what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh. He's like, okay. Oh, and my it, God, that is stressful. And my obstetrician's going, and pucha, and pucha, and pucha. Like, push, push. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. It I was fun. I could give birth in a second language. Uh, he spoke perfect English, so I didn't yeah. uh, the thing. But when it's like a footy yeah, game when you when get, you get into going. It, so just, he's excited oh, and my anaesthetist's excited and I'm oh, just sort of lying there going, holy crap. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into these Chilean wines. But first, Meg, what have you been drinking? I had this weekend a bottle of Boaz by Ruth Lewandowski, um, 78% Carignan, 18% Cab Sav, 9% Grenache. Boaz. Um, called American Dry American Red. It was really. Where'd you get it? I have no idea. I have a funny feeling I got it through that Jones of Mark, the LGBTQI oh, pack, but yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. a male winemaker, so oh. maybe he identifies. I don't I don't know. Okay. I think that's where I got it from, but um, it was a bit stinky, a little bit H2S, rotten egg gas, decanted ah. it, bloody delicious, and really good the day after the day after. Oh, my gosh. So I had a glass on Monday after your yeah. hens <laughs> party <laughs> and opened it Saturday night. Really good wine. I think it was oh, about – wow. I can't believe you're I've seen it. It's about $45. To be drinking wine yesterday. I definitely wasn't. Yeah, well, I had beer and – Sausage rolls and stuff. So, <laughs> oh, that yeah. sounds pretty loud. That's, that's a good recovery. <laughs> and fun fact. Fun fact. Um, the least, this great variety that is the least planted in the world. Do you know what it is? Would I know? It's is it something I know? Like I, I had never heard of it. Ah, oh. Cabernet. What? It's a no. blend of Cabernet and Merlot. And they named it Cabernet. <laughs> And there's two <laughs> hectares planted, but I'm not sure where they're actually planted. I don't think. Does it, it taste like them. a blend of Cab Merlot? Oh, sorry, it's a blend of Merlot and Cabernet Franc. Cabernet, the rarest grape variety in the world. Uh, oh my god! My question would be why? Yeah, I want to yeah. taste it. Mm. Can we get some? I don't know where even where it's grown, <laughs> but there you go. Cabernet. I think it's a great Cabrillo. name. I love it. Oh my Life's god, that is a so funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, I'm glad that we got that done nice and quickly because we have so many wines to get through this episode. I think you're just excited. It's chilly. I am, and I wanted to do a bit of a journey with you. So okay. I've, the first one I've got is a Calatera Tributo Casablanca and Chardonnay. $18, commercial wine. Calatera is owned by Vigna Arrezzeris. Okay. But they're based in – Vigna Arrezzeris is, is – in the north of Chile in Aconcagua, but this is um, in the Central Valley. So very good winemakers. Can we access much of this? This was from Nix. Okay. And I got a couple from Nix and the rest from Different Drop. Okay. So have you looked on Dan Murphy's? I kind of – I'm interested. Dan Murphy's has – the biggest brand um, out of Chile is Casillero del Diablo. Yes, that's it. Um, The Devil's Crown, as it (laughs) translates. So the Devil's Castle. Um, What's that like? Biggest brand in the world. Most successful brand in the world, Casillero del Diablo. Um, I didn't want to do that. That's Conciatoro, big company. Is it all right though? Like It's good. Okay. It's representative of grape variety. It's representative of valley if they if they've got the name valley on them. Yeah, they can be a little bit heavy handed with oak, but very good representation of Chilean wine. Should we quickly talk about Chile um, more broadly? Is it quite similar to Australia in uh, like climate and what it makes and all that sort of stuff? There are similarities. Seventy five percent of all grapes are red. Oh, they wow. love their reds. Yeah. And Cabernet is the most planted of all the red grape varieties, followed by Carmenere, which is mm-hmm. their local grape variety, which they thought was Merlot and then turned into Carmenere. <laughs> um, in terms of whites, they have Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay really are the only two of any volume. They're playing around with Riesling down in the south, cool, cooler area. Mm-hmm. In terms of climate, it's a very narrow country. At its widest point, it's 160 kilometres wide. Wow. That's the distance I'm travelling to your wedding. Wow. That's it. It's nothing. Wow. Yeah, at its widest point. Yeah. So, and it's most narrow. And that's to the f- f- oh the bottom God. of the Andes, not to the top of the Andes. Yeah, that's to yeah, the bottom of the Andes. Yeah. Um, and I think at its narrowest, it's like 40 Ks. Oh. So you – but you do get an east-west difference because you have the Andes, all the cold air comes down off the Andes. Yeah. And then there's another range called the Cordillera del Mar Sea Range that runs from pretty much from Santiago down to – Maui, Curico, about it's about two hundred k's long, mm-hmm. and that the other side of that is the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And that's where we've got Casablanca, so mm-hmm. they obviously have oceans. So that's kind of like Mornington. That's where everyone holidays. Okay. Um, but the beauty about Chile in terms of climate is it'll be thirty five degrees Celsius during the day. Yeah, at night it's ten. Nice. So you have this huge degree of continentality. Yeah. Um, because of the cold air coming off the Andes. And you'll have when it's when spring starts in September, it really won't rain until May. Whoa. So you have this dry growing season. So disease pressure is incredibly low. We had in the years that years that we lived there we had one wet season. Does that mean most of the wines would just be pretty much organic? Well, yeah, they don't use a lot because of sprays they don't, at all. Yeah, not yeah. even intentionally. They just don't need it. So yeah. it's one of the easiest countries to do biodynamic, and yeah. I have actually a biodynamic organic wine here for you. Cool. Um, 
But the first one we've got, yeah, is Calatera, Casablanca, Coastal, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir Country, think Mornington Peninsula. Calatera, big producer. Um, Pretty simple, smells like Chardonnay. There's a little Mm -hmm. bit of oak there. You could easily mistake this for golden oak cask. (laughs) Chardonnay. Pretty much. You almost could. It's nice. The acid's a lot more apparent than in that golden oak, but the oak, the oak is actually quite similar. This is crazy. In Chile, we would pay 3,000 pesos for this, so maybe $6. Yeah. But here it's 18 well, of because of taxes. Yeah. So this is an entry-level everyday glass yeah. of wine. I think it's been acid-adjusted. The acid seems mm-hmm. a little bit out of sorts. But a little bit of apricot, ripeness, moderate alcohol – very drinkable it is i don't think it's um i i blind tasting though i would never pick that as chili like it doesn't scream at me as being particularly different to any other chardonnay and this is what i wanted to show you i wanted to show you these international brands which i Mm. think uh we don't see the really good stuff that's going on in chile we get we see more of the cheaper that the treasury wine estates absolutely i mean does treasury wine estate really talk of Australia when you blend southeastern Australia from Queensland all the way across to South Australia. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so okay. moving completely down the other end of the country, we're going down to Itata. So this is a Biobio Valley um, south. So okay. there's a town called Con- Concepcion, which is kind of where the native Chilenos, the Mapuche owned the land that the, the Spaniards never um, conquered them. Wow. So it has a very um, indigenous Oh, my God. I influence. didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. They were pretty brutal. Um, good on them. Yeah. So this is in Itata. This is called Arvol Arriba, which means Arriba. Oh, tall the tree has arrived or something. Yeah. Um, it's Leonardo Erazzo is the winemaker. So he was named in the top 10 winemakers by Decanter Magazine in 2019. All right. This is a Skins Amphora Ooh. aged, macerated on Skins, Torontel. Now, Torrentel apparently is the same as Torrontes in Argentina. Oh, that's cool. Now, I lived in Chile for all those years, didn't yeah. even know that Torrentel existed. No. Um, so this is really interesting wine. I just – this was – these were quite expensive wines. Uh, we're, not, we're not talking super cheap here. Well, Good. that is so different. So this was $45. I like it. That's beautiful floral nose. And like pineapple or something, Mm. like dried pineapple. Mm. So minimal sulfur, skin's firming. What's happened, this southern part of Chile um, was, is the historical vineyards of Chile, so they, when the Spanish came to Chile, they brought vines from mm-hmm. Spain, the mm-hmm. conquistadores, the conquistors, and they planted them all throughout Chile. But then in the 70s and 80s, they started bringing in French grape varieties, Cabernet Sauvignon and Carmenere and uh. everything. And that was planted more around what was then established as uh. cities. So near Santiago, the capital, yeah. so Maipo. And moving further south. Yeah. But Itata 
don't forget it was they never conquered really took over. Yeah. So it was kind of left mm-hmm. and there is rumours that some of the vines here and we're going to taste a wine from this vineyard are over 400 years old. Four. So these are the first, they say, the first plantings of vines in the new world that are still surviving because there's no, um, there's no uh, record of ever being replanted, these vineyards. Some of them are growing up trees. They need ladders to actually harvest the grapes because they've just gone wild. Wild. And it's a, it, it's a Spanish grape variety called Pais. Surely that wouldn't be make good wine, would it, if it was that massive oh, a vine and they needed to climb on trees? But Are they actually is, the tree ones? Uh, no, the tree ones is Bouchon, another winery. Wow. It's called Pais Selvaje. This is uh, just... But this is Torontel. This is cool. Skimzy, and this is the new wave of young winemakers in Chile. Just I'm into we're it. seeing in Australia, just like you're getting in France. So, yeah. like everywhere in the world, there's two two countries. Mm-hmm. So, flipping back to that is lovely. What's the alcohol on that? Can't see from here. Eleven point five. Mm. It's nice and low. That's yum. That's really yum. I would definitely. Buy that again. Yeah, absolutely. $45? I mean, it's really, funky. It's different. It's not for everyone, that's for sure. But it's very aromatic. Yes. But it's, it's very, very it's very phenolic. It's very skinzy. Yeah. It needs food. Yeah. And chili and barbecue would be, I mean, they do a thing called churipan, which is chorizo in just in bread. And the chorizo is really fatty and oh. got paprika and smoky what? porky. And you always start your asado, your barbecue with a churipan. Mmm. I'm fasting today, so don't talk about food. No. Now we're back in the commercial world. We're back with a winery right. called Ventisquero. Ventisquero is very big winery. Sort of came on the scenes in the mid-90s. Yeah. They buy fruit like us from all over Chile. Mm-hmm. And you see on this bottle it says Reserva. Yes. The Chileans adopted the Spanish, Spanish system of Gran system. Reserva, Reserva. Really? And just, Does it mean the same thing? Well, no. In ah. Spain it means like a certain amount of time yeah. in oak and barrels. Yeah. In Chile we always said Reserva means it's had um, oak staves, so tank <gasps> planks used, whereas Gran Reserva was... The actual barrel fermented, and if it was just varietal wine like Pinot Noir, yeah. it would just have chips in it. Oh my god! And to be honest, that would have some oak, but it wouldn't have a lot of oak. You're not really like selling chili as a premium. Well, they were making their own rules, and they yeah. haven't put it down in yeah. in laws. I actually said to them, "Don't use it because it's confusing yourself with yeah, it is. Spain." Yeah, um, but they had no other reference point, you know, when they were first making wine. So this is Pinot Noir. Uh, is this from Casablanca? Yeah, this is from Casablanca as well. Yeah. Soul of the Andes. Yeah. They love a bad label. Oh, this is brought in by Negos. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Black currant. This is what amazes me with chilling wine. This is this, often this cassis across all varieties. You're going to smell it in oh, really? the Carmenere, the Cabernet and Shiraz. So just all black currant. Well, I, it's like Robina. It is. Don't you think? Oh yeah, it is. It's like kind of smoky and meaty about it though as well. Mm, that's be the oak, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it smells like Pinot. <coughs> not a winner. <coughs> ah, some went down the wrong. Um, 
Not bad. It's an entry-level Pinot, I think. I don't know how much I paid for that. Um, it's $18. So it, it goes to what we always say, don't drink below $25 for Pinot. No, I it's not. Mm. Mm. I was going to put one of my um, friend's wines in, Way Chaffee Pinot from Casablanca, mm. um, but I thought I'd go this because of the commercial side of it. This is what's more readily available. Yeah. Like, it's okay, but it's not how I like my Pinot. I'm, I'm very much like light, elegant, I, and this is not. I personally light. struggle with a lot of Chilean Pinots because they, yeah. they went for extraction over finesse. Yes. Um, yes. And I would have hoped. I mean, that is large volume, so that's probably pumped over. Um, maybe I just haven't had any good enough, but I also find that a little bit with um, New Zealand Pinot, to be honest. <laughs> yes, they think they make the best Pinot. The si- they do, I know. Oh, my God, they think they're Pinot. Centro Otago. It's dry red. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you agree. I thought you were going to disagree oh, with me. But Martin Brapino is... Superb, right. it's ethereal. It is what Miles is talking about in Sideways, Martin Rapino. Let's try it. <laughs> so, this is El Carmen de Cucha Cucha. Wow, El um, Carmen de Cucha. <laughs> the great variety Pais. Now, Pais is also known as Criolla Chica in Argentina, and it's called Mission Mission in North America and California. And do they have it in Canada? I think they may have. I never saw it in Canada. So this was the first Vitis vinifera grape variety imported into the New World with the Spanish. So wherever they went, they carried this. And it's originally from the Canary Islands, which is where the Spaniards would stop off to refuel on oh the way. God. So in, Spa- in the Canary Islands, it's called Listan Prieto. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have for our Spanish tasting coming up a wine from Canary Islands. I don't even know where they are, but I know Spain knows <laughs> them. But anyway, they went from Spain to Canary Islands, picked up some pais, went to Chile, and this is the vine that they say could be 400 years old. Oh, no way. Certainly they know I mean, that this vineyard has stock that is 200 years old. For Okay, so for comparison, um, in Australia we have vines that are – what the some in um, uh, Barossa. Barossa that are like a 180, aren't they? Yeah, I think 150, something. They're old. Nagambi has 160. And Barossa yep. has a little bit yep, older, older than that. Yep. Um, but I mean, you're not going to find much in Europe that are that old because of Phylloxera. That's right. And this is pre Phylloxera. So this, yeah. would have come, this came in from Spain in the 1500s. Wow. You know, so. <sighs> It's pre-phylloxera stuff. That's wild. It's pretty cool. Wow. It's pretty cool. There's 7,000 hectares of pays. What did pays. you say the grape varieties? Pays. P-A-I-S. Never heard of it. It means country. That's what oh. it translates at. Um, this was the 7,000 hectares, and it was always, when we lived there, it made cheap wine in plastic containers that we used to have, like, plastic litre bottles. It was just cheap wine. But now these guys have gone back and reclaimed these old vineyards that would literally just had been um, mothballed. People weren't doing yeah. anything. Dry grown, it's called the it's the Valle Secano, the really dry valley because they don't get a lot of Andean runoff through here from the snow melt. And dry grown being they haven't used any irrigation. No. Yeah. And this guy uses no yeast. He adds a maximum of 30 milligrams per litre of sulphur dioxide at the end. So what are like the pros and cons of 
irrigation like why is it a almost selling point that it's dry grown higher well less volume more concentration mm. in the grapes and the thing that they're finding is this paise can withstand drought mm. so it's a grape variety that's really suited for climate change oh that's cool they yeah. talk about this red being i saw a review i think it was in decanter eminently smashable chillable red mm. and they compared it to gamay Oh, it's on my glasses. <laughs> it's a little bit reductive, a little bit bad egg gas. It's yeah. a little bit um, over-extracted for me. The tannins are just... Is that what it's meant to taste like? No, Pais, because <laughs> we used to, we would make thousands of litres of it yeah. for, for cheap wine, yeah. but the fermentation time would be a couple of days, you yeah. know, with a couple of pump-overs. Yeah. I think he's trying to be a little bit... Um, this is biodynamic, but it's not certified. It's a wild ferment. Yeah. Uh, skin contact, you know, natural yeah. winemaking. And so I think not the Pais has a lot of fruit, but whatever fruit was there, it sort of smells like dirty potpourri, dried, dirty, mouldy ro- rose petals or something. Yeah, yeah. But, again, I'm just thinking pizza and that would be quite nice. They have a steak dish called Lomo a la Pauvre, which is scotch fillet, mm. fried onion, fried egg and chips all piled on top of each other. It is the world's greatest hangover food. Wait, say it again. Onion. Steak. Steak, onion. Onion, egg. Egg. Chips. Chips all on top, on of, top each of each other. other. Oh, my God. Lomo a la Pauvre means the, the poor person's steak. That Lomo is, funny, is yes. like loin or something. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Seriously. And if you want the best one, go to El Club Social in Santa Cruz. <laughs> it is old school greasy. <laughs> Have you been back to visit since you left? No, my husband has. Oh, really? It would it's be so different now. Oh, you know, it would. It would almost be hard years. going back. It would be. Um, you know, when we uh, – this is the change from when we lived there where there was – one road with potholes that could literally yeah. swallow our car yeah. um, to having expressways, tollways wow. by the time we left. Wow. used to take, when we first moved there, three and a half hours to get to Santiago for 180 kilometres. Whoa. And by the time we left it was just on two hours. Whoa. So that's the pace. The next one we have is from a similar region, so down in around Calcanis, dry-grown ancient vines, but Sanso. Another oh, great variety yeah. that has basically been ignored yeah. and forgotten in Chile. Yeah. And good mates of my husband's make a lot of this Sanso. Will this be 100%? Uh, I think so. I think it is. Because these guys are um, called uh, El La Vigna Patio. So the, the patio vineyards. All right. <laughs> so they're a group of young guys, yeah. they're all men, that have inherited or worked on their parents' vineyards and they've been selling their grapes for absolutely nothing and not making a lot of money. So mm. they've decided to go out and kind of resurrect these old daggy, what were considered daggy varieties. Um, they call it patrimonial rescue, so rescuing the history of the land. This smells ama- It smells like the pitcher. Yeah, cherries, cherry blossoms. And like these deep, rich, but also like bright, ripe 
strawberries or raspberries or wow. cherries or something. It's like the the label is it's called El Guindo, which I actually think Guindo like does mean cherry blossom. Um, I can't remember my Spanish, but it. It's reminding me of something, but it's sort of a Japanese esque drawing, isn't it? Yeah. Of it's beautiful. It smells like a cherry ripe. That's delicious. I mean, on the notes, I haven't even tasted it yet, but I already like it. So variety was Sanso was brought in there in the nineteen forties, and so they're dealing with vines that are that old. They haven't really been looked after. Low yielding, dry grown. That is the most cherry like wine I've ever tasted in my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's very cherry. That's only 30 bucks. It's so interesting. It's Pablo and Ronald Elguindo Senso. So, yeah, his Pablo and Ronald's families have vineyards and they're sort of resurrecting them. It's like really bright cherry, but also it's kind of got this like rough tannin, which makes me wonder what the hell would you eat with that? That's the thing about Senso. Senso um, loves the heat. Mm. It retains its acidity, but it has these very what we call artisanal mm. tannins. It's very chalky, drying. Mm-hmm. Um, well, see, you're in Chile, mate. You'd be eating meat because meat. it Chilean barbecues, the only salad you have is pepper con mayo, which <laughs> is potatoes with mayonnaise. That's it. Or you might get an ensalada chilena, which is tomatoes and onion. I just want something a little bit more delicate for those lovely... Food scene now in Santiago is amazing. Is I just it? go online and have a look yeah. and I've got obviously friends. Yeah. So their Instagram posts and stuff. It's completely different. That is so different. The produce in this country is they've got everything. They've got lamb, they've got fish. Yeah. That is it, something truly different. I really yeah, enjoy tasting that. Beautiful. Wow. Mm. And then the last You're one. You're making all your spinning noise again. Watch out, but I'll sorry, be back sorry, on sorry. <laughs> Not spitting all over myself, am I? <laughs> Sorry, Bon. I'll, I'll make sure that that's edited out. I've remembered your name, Bon, oh, so I'm watching you. coming for you. <laughs> the last one we have okay. is uh, what I would c- call the godfather of biodynamics and organics in Chile, a lovely, lovely, lovely man called Alvaro Espinosa. He um, was a winemaker with big... Carmen, big, big, big winery, and then mm-hmm. got out, um, moved up to the it's Alto Maipo, so the higher parts of the Maipo Valley, very rocky, dry area, and started pr- producing biodynamic and organic wines under his Antial label. He okay. this is called Pura Fe, which means pure faith. Oh, yeah, and it's a Carmenere, so Carmenere obviously is very, Chile's great variety. Is he referring? Is that like religious? Because Chile's very religious. They isn't are it? very Catholic. Yeah. They, um, when we got there, you were allowed to get divorced. They passed the legislation when we were living there. We actually didn't get married in Chile because we couldn't get divorced oh. at the time that we That's so got romantic. married. Got <laughs> to cover your bases, sweetie. <laughs> Love your hubby, but um, so you could get your marriage annulled, even if you've been married for twenty years. <laughs> but you have to go to the pope to get it annulled. You have to go to the pope, or the what are they called? The deacon, like a bishop. The bishop. <gasps> yeah, you had to get the high up dude Whoa. to do it. And they, along with Ireland, I think are the only countries in the world that don't offer abortion. Ireland changed that, didn't they, last year? Oh, they did. They did. You're right. So maybe Chile, Chile may have changed it, but they had a lovely yeah. president, Michelle Bachelet, who actually grew up in Sydney. Yes. Because her father... I've read about her 
um, Julia Gillard's book. Yeah. So her father was murdered during Pinochet's yeah. rule. Um, and so she fled, yeah, amazing the, story. fled the country and came here. And so she actually introduced the morning after pill the uproar when we were living there. It was just like, <gasps> oh, my God. She was such a social democrat. Like she truly believed because these women, yeah. I can't tell you the number of people that I worked with, these women that were single mothers. Oh. And the problem is that when you have children in Chile, they take both parents' surnames. So uh, our children oh. are Mackie Brodman. Oh. So the father's first and the mother. But if you're a single mother and you don't name the father, they have the same surname twice, and it's quite shameful. <gasps> oh. Yeah, we had a friend, De La Cara, De La Cara, which means of the street of the street. That was like the translation. Oh, that's a bit rough. But he's actually, those were his parents' names, but it <laughs> sounded like he was yep. from a single mother. Anyway, put a fate. No, um, Alvaro's just like this, oh, he looks like a. 80s porn star. He's quite a good-looking <laughs> dude. You know with that moustache thing that goes like that and the longish <laughs> flick-back hair? And whenever he used to give you a glass of wine, he'd hold it in two hands and hand it to you. He's just that... Yeah, I know the type. He's mm-hmm. just this soft, beautiful, beautiful gentleman. Um, and his wife's absolutely gorgeous. But this would just be him. He's having faith in what he's doing. So Carmen Air. Carmen Air was brought to Chile as Merlot. yeah. And it wasn't until 1996 that a French ampelographer, an ampelographer is someone whose job is to identify identify grape varieties, came and said, this isn't Merlot. The Chileans knew because it ripens, Carmenere ripens after Cabernet, whereas Merlot ripens beforehand. Mm. It has a much bigger leaf. Yeah. Um, it has a different, completely different flavour profile. So everyone in Chile had vineyards that were called Merlot, yeah. But they were Carmenere. So we used to have two types of Merlot in the wine. We'd have Merlot, Merlot, and then we'd have Merlot Carmenere. Oh, yeah. So we'd have to name what was coming in. I love it if it's ripe. If it's not ripe, it's very green pepper, bell pepper, capsicum. This ripe, it's rhubarb and beetroot. Yeah, that's not bad. And cassis. Yep. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Every bloody great Friday. That is the characteristic of my pie, though, for me, is this cassis character. Beautiful. It's like Chili's Shiraz. Yeah. It's got those softer tannins, less acid. It's quite lovely, actually. Mm. It's rich. It is, like, very rich. That's a big wine. It's big. Like... Jesus, you would need some serious... I need a steak right now. Meat. Kind of wine. With that. Yeah. And that's the sort of wine that would take you all... Night. Yes. You would um, sip on that puppy. And like winter. Yes. One of the weird things I used to do in Chile was a, a timbra. They used to put the wine in front of the fireplace. That so was almost boiling hot. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, no, thank you. Um, Beautiful colour though. Look at that. Yeah. That's the colour I wanted my wedding dress to be. Really? Yeah. I took it to the seamstress and I said, I want, yeah, I got my wedding dress made in Chile. She was shit. Um, <laughs> And I took a, a very purpley, you know, the bloom on grapes, how they look yeah. a bit waxy. Yeah, I wanted yeah. that kind of look on my dress, but she you said no. You didn't end up doing it. So oh, did she, you wear white in the end? Uh, ivory raw silk. Right. So it was raw silk, the dress. So I feel like I should do a public service and let everyone know that your wedding song was Murder on the Dance Floor. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Which they played at your hen's night. <laughs> Yep. 
at Bellbird. Oh my god, that is so funny. Yep. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yep. Yes, it was murder on the dance floor. Well, you know, I wanted to do the tango. <gasps> it was just like he wouldn't have a bar of oh it. Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> I did get married in thongs, though. Remember, I didn't. You not, did. uh, not the underwear, people. The <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I had a corset, mate. I was strapped in for the entirety. But didn't, didn't your, the person who made your dress say that she wouldn't make your dress unless you either lost weight or wore a corset? Yeah. She said, I will not fit you until you either lose weight or you go and get a corset. And she gave me an address at this shop in Providencia oh and I went in. And it's the shop is literally like a hole in the wall. Yeah. And she just took me around behind the display and... Like measured me up and went, okay, made this corset. It was the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that worked out for you. But anyway, back to the wine. Okay. So that's, that's our walk through Chile to show you that there's a lot of diversity there in the is country. A lot of, there was a lot of diversity in all these wines. And I know that the Ventisqueros and the Conciatoros and the Santa Ritas and everything are the most easily available, but I would like Australia. It's like oh, Jacob's yeah. Creek's readily yeah. available and Lindemann's is readily available, but try yeah. and find stuff that's not that and, and support these, you know, If people were going to travel to Chile and go to a wine region, where should they go? Hmm. I, I guess I would say Colchagua because it's my kind of – it was my mm. home, but I don't think it's got the most exciting wines. I, that, I'd actually go up north to the desert, to around Elki and Limari. Is there much in the way of wine tourism? Do they have cellar doors and stuff? Much better, much, oh, much, good. much better. Beautiful yeah. hotels now. Yeah, when we nice. first moved there, there was yeah. nothing, but there's definitely – I just saw a photo that Matt Wilkinson uh. did of um, – it's on the front of – Wine Spectator or something, two yeah. people, and then he's just got candles in at Clodagh Palter's oh, um, yeah. barrel room. But I would go north, go to Limery, go, okay. go and do Pisco tasting in Elki. Cool. And they have – it's got apparently the, this sort of magnetic kind of thing that mm. makes you feel really well. There's a whole heap of wellness centres up there and oh they God. have 360 days a year of pure sunshine. Jeez. They only have five cloudy days a year. Oh, that sounds nice, and it doesn't is it? Stunning. It sounds like a good place to get married. No chance of rain. <laughs> yeah, no chance of rain. Well, I think you'll be all right. Um, uh, all right. If you're over the Great Divide, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so that's chilly. That's chilly, and to finish us off, we got a message from Susie a couple of weeks ago because she listened to the um, glassware episode, and something that confused her was that you were saying that you smell your glass before you pour wine and drink it. And she's like, what is that about? Um, two things. If it's been in a box or it's been in a cupboard, it starts to smell mm. dusty and boxy. Yeah. Now, well, Saturday I used my Darth Vader glasses mm-hmm. and I hadn't used them um, for a while. And, yeah, so I smell them. Um, and I will often rinse them with the wine that I'm going to drink before yeah. I drink out of the same with my decanter, I because I got the decanter out and I smelt that and thought mm, it's a little bit whiffy. How come you do rinse with the wine instead of just plain water? That, well, the water's going to dilute any wine that I put in it, and water mm. has a flavour, even though you don't know it. There are chemicals <laughs> in there's TCA in water, mm. so I never use water. I always use the oh. wine. Yeah, there you go. I think that's. People will lose it if they see you pouring a nice wine into a glass and then tipping it out. But it's a time. Well, when we do WSCT, we do exactly the same. When yeah. we're decanting the wines 
for the exam, they go into the, you know, the unidentifiable bottles, but yeah. we pour the wine in that they're going to taste to make sure that they yeah. rinse with that wine. No, it's good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, if you have any questions about chili, make sure you get in touch with us. We are going to be with you next week with um, whites of Spain. So we were going to just do wine of Spain, but there's too much. So we decided to put it into two different ones. We're going to start with whites. And I've never really liked the whites of Spain, but man, I've got the, I, wines I don't even know. So great for You're writing. supposed to be the expert, Beck. <laughs> No, I know, but again, I know the Macabeos yeah. and the Albarinos and, you know, the Moscatels and everything, but I, I don't know. Um, there's one that's got like 70-odd varieties or something in it. What? I okay, I can't wait. Also, well, we'll be with you next week, but until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. Drink well. We would like to thank Rob Dolan Wines for sponsoring this podcast and they have kindly made available an offer for our listeners. That's it. So Rob Dolan Wines is based only about 30 minutes from Melbourne. So if you're in Victoria, it's pretty easy to get out to our end at South. If you tell the tasting staff at the cellar door that you listen to the podcast, what they're going to do is give you a sneaky taste of all the other things that aren't on the standard tasting menu uh, that you might have heard about while you're listening. And hopefully it's all Cabernet. Oh, go the Cabernet. Go the Cabernet. Drink the Cabernet. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Drink the Marsat. No, Cabernet. (laughs) If you aren't based quite as close, we still have something for you. There is a free shipping uh, code. It is just podcast. If you put podcast into your checkout, then you'll get free shipping. So you can taste some of the things that we rave about on this podcast. Go the Cabernet. (laughs)